0: YoMTG Taps is proudly sponsored by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day. Use promo code Yo5 to get 5% off your next order. YoMTG Taps is also sponsored by CardHorder.com, our go-to source for magic online singles. Be sure to check out the CardHorder Loan Program, a flexible, affordable way to play many decks online.
1: Back to YoMTG Taps. I'm Big Head Joe,
0: and I'm Joey Pasco,
1: and we've got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. We have uh, the first, the inaugural Fringe Division segment, uh, which we'll get to in a second. Here we have um, modern, new modern format, crazy stuff going on with it. Mm, crazy bad stuff, <laughs> in my opinion. But we'll get to that. Um I got murdered on Saturday. That was exciting. Oh, it was terrible. So um we'll talk about standard a little bit because we do have a mythic championship coming up um, that mythic champions are not qualified for. That's another story. And then we have Corset 2020 Spoilers. That's right. Spoilers, not (laughs) previews. Spoilers. Coming up, whether or not they are Official or not, I will call them spoilers Till my heart stops So, here we go um, First of all, I just gotta say this Fringe Division So we're doing this new segment called Fringe Division, right? And uh, we announced it On the last episode where I'm going to Thanks to our sponsorship with Card Hoarder I'm going to take a Fringe playable modern deck And run it through some leagues On um, on MTGO uh, Which I said at the time, I was going to run it through friendly leagues, but there are no friendly leagues anymore, right. they're just leagues, so, but at, when I did this, there were still friendly leagues, so I ran it through a couple friendly leagues, we're going to talk about that, but I just got to say, Ryan Gurmore came through in the clutch, I, you know, when we announced this Ryan was like, I'm working on a theme song for your uh, Fringe Division segment, and I was like, oh, cool and <laughs> he sent it to us, and it is brutal, I love it I love it and uh, you're going to hear the whole thing right now We're not going to play the whole thing every single time But for the first episode, first edition of Fringe Division We have to play the whole thing because it's so freaking cool So here is the theme song to Fringe Division Enjoy In the on the fr- I played blue black mill uh in the um
0: in, in the friendly uh, leagues when they existed in the
1: friendly leagues when the friendly leagues existed and
0: uh so really like so the mill deck is is a deck that's kind of been around and people try it every so often and it's uh, you know i think hipsters of the coast did an article a few months ago the it's the best modern deck no one's playing um and i i do feel like it's a uh, it's it's one of those decks that it's not unplayable uh it's good and it kind of attacks from an angle that people aren't usually prepared for so uh, i i kind of feel like this is a, a great a great starting point for you not only because you love mill but because like this is this is a strong deck uh and
1: i loved playing this deck to be completely honest i thought it was great 4 Hedron Crab, 4 Manic Scribe 3 Fatal Push, 3 Surgical Extraction 4 Visions of Beyond, 1 Collective Brutality 4 Glimpse Unthinkable, 2 Mission Briefing 4 Archive Trap, 2 Crypt Incursion that card is amazing uh, 4 Mesmeric Orb which was actually my least favorite card in the whole deck and um, 2 Search for ascanta. but people sure did waste a lot of removal on it um, now the sideboard has another this version here has one extra pate. I would run this a little bit differently now um but one thing I found out playing against Tron is that when they play two of their Tron lands, all you got to do is mill to their third Tron land and surgical it yes oh that's so cool. I was just like
0: what? That's a great uh, strength of the mill deck because you can you could just mill mill them entirely anyway like they don't really play anything that can get a land back from the graveyard So if you happen to you know hit him with an arch- archive trap and you're like Hey, look, I got all four copies of your whatever, you know, like uh, Archive Trap, obviously being the largest mill card. But I mean, presumably you've already milled them for several cards. So, you know, say you you mill 20, 30 cards and you happen to hit all four of one of the Tron lands in that half of the deck. I mean, now they are slowed down considerably.
1: I'm amazed at how many times I hard cast Archive Trap. Like it actually blew my mind. I was like, "Are you serious? Did I just hardcast that?"
0: I mean, wow. why not? If it's you know, it's your deck strategy, right? It's like, hey, I'm going to take a quarter of your deck. It's basically like five mana, five damage in a strange way. You know, it's. Uh, I think some people refer to the the blue black metal deck as burn because essentially you're it's a burn deck, but it's burning the library instead of the life total. So uh, right, it, it is kind of like that, and you know, you can hardcast it, and that's you know, that's a thing you can do, and I think that's kind of another strength of the deck it's like yeah you can you can sit there and try not to search your library and play into archive trap and they can say all right fine cap five archive trap
1: (laughs) yeah and that's yeah that's kind of what i had to do because people were kind of playing around it which was weird but yeah i guess you know
0: that's what you want to do it's a scary Um, card right i mean you're gonna lose a quarter of your deck like that's yeah uh it's scary so i I play around that i'm I'm, sure like at least a little bit
1: yeah it's been a couple of weeks, because I actually did this, like, almost as soon as we finished recording last episode. Right. Um, in the two leagues I played, I went two and three uh, in both leagues. Okay. So, so, you know, not a great showing, but for, like, basically my first ten games of Modern in, like, five years, I look at it as not that
0: bad. Absolutely. No, I totally agree with you, because you just that's just not a format you play, so I think it's fantastic. Right.
1: So, you know, I just would um i know i know i beat blue white control and me and you had a couple practice matches which really showed me how to attack that deck right. and listening to that episode of the dive down helped me learn how to attack that deck so thank you um so i knew how to attack that deck so i beat that deck once uh, i think i lost to it once too but then also i lost to tron once and beat tron once i beat humans which i felt good about mm-hmm. I don't remember how but I did and it was cool. You milled them out. Um,
0: <laughs> you milled them uh, well, out. <laughs> the, well,
1: yes, but I don't remember like how I actually right. get there. Yeah. Um I know that when you uh, Crypt Incursion mm-hmm. and you exile like something like 15 creatures from someone's graveyard, it's pretty good because then you're at like 70. Remind me what
0: that one so, does because I'm, I'm trying to remember. It
1: says um, – so it's an instant. It's a black and two. Exile all creature cards from target player's graveyard. You gain three life oh, wow. for each card exiled this way. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So And it's pretty good against mono red too. Um, but I, th- I feel like mono red – beat me, but I don't remember. Um, uh, but but anyway, I think they may have had a skull crack in response to that. You know what I right, mean? Like right. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That works, and that's good. So... <laughs> uh, so that happened. Um, now, I really feel like... And I know an ensnaring bridge is just an absolute house. That just really shut down, like, any deck that was trying to turn creatures sideways. It was pretty good. But yeah, I, I thought the deck was really fun. I, I think... Here's the deal. So... With this segment in particular, uh, I want to change decks every episode, mm-hmm. play different decks, but the format has changed a lot since I played this because.
0: Because of Modern Horizons, yeah. <laughs> like,
1: because Hogak, yeah, um, has completely warped modern and needs to be emergency banned. Um, along with Bridge from Below. Sorry, y'all, but they do. Um, I'm not excited about it, but now I'm going to have to warp this entire deck to overcompensate for Hogak. Um, so I'm actually thinking about rerunning this, but running a, a crazier version of it um, that goes a little more extreme on the extrapates and the Surgicals. Um, yeah, maybe
0: some ley line of the Voids in there?
1: Yeah, but that's the problem. There's there's a tension between running Leyline and running Surgical, right? Absolutely.
0: But I, I think so, if you have so, I think you're happy with if if you draw surgical when you've already got a lay line out you're probably like that's fine <laughs> right like it's it's all right I've got a lay line out like that's right. that's pretty good you're it's right. not a com- well I mean it is a combo deck but having the ley line out is, is stopping their combo already so uh, but maybe
1: yeah. we just preemptively run the lay lines I don't know like I'm trying to decide because like I said surgical's really good against tron and tron's still definitely a thing
0: well, I mean, you can play the ley lines on the board. Like, there's, I'm not saying you don't play yeah, them, at, or you but, have to play but them main.
1: Do you though? I mean, that's the thing. I'm serious. Like, do you even like? Should you just preempt this well, because it's just so it, it, like pervasive? Yeah.
0: Well, so let's let's jump into that topic. I think yeah, you're gonna you should try for next episode con- the same deck, just change the configuration to see if you can uh, attack the the metagame that exists right now. Um, right. So and speaking of which, let's let's talk about that metagame. So we had yes. right after a couple days after we recorded, Modern Horizons was released on Moto. So immediately the format was overwhelmed by these Hogak decks. Um, mm-hmm. And so for anybody who hasn't – who maybe is living under a bridge from below or something, um, <laughs> it's, it's – uh, We're
1: all living under that's a bridge true. from below at this Anyone
0: point. Anyone not living under a bridge from below and have not, uh, <laughs> not noticed how this is happening, uh, I just want to give a quick description of the deck. Um, so Hogak, new card from Modern Horizons, cost hybrid green-black, hybrid, hybrid green-black, five. Uh, you can cast it from your hand, normally, obviously, or from your graveyard. But you can't spend mana to cast Hogak, and it's an eight-eight trample, and it's got Convoke and Delve. So Convoke can only pay for the colored mana costs, and Delve can obviously play pay for all the the generic mana costs. So uh, this is the card that is basically kind of started this whole thing. But the uh, the reprinting of Alter of Dementia also is a huge part of why this deck is succeeding. And Carrion Feeder. So both the altar and carrion feeder, who mm-hmm. we discussed last episode, um are free sacrifice outlets. So like traditional dredge, plan A is you mill yourself, mill a ton of cards into your graveyard because your graveyard is an extension of your hand. So it's like drawing a bunch of cards when you mill cards into your graveyard. So uh I'm not gonna go through every iteration possible, but when you mill yourself you're able to cast Hogak out of your graveyard and with alter of dementia you have a combo element where you can repeatedly mill once you mill your entire deck or essentially your entire deck you have access to every card in your deck that has some sort of recursive element bloodgasts and vengevines and grave crawlers and uh you with bridge from below every time you sacrifice something to alter of dementia or uh or carrion feeder you get a token well if you have two bridges you get two tokens, and three bridges, you get three tokens. So all you need is two bridges, a sac outlet, and every time you sacrifice a creature, you get two tokens, you tap them, and you delve away like five cards, cast Hogak. Uh, Sacrifice Hogak, mill for eight. Get two more tokens, tap those two tokens, delve away five cards, cast Hogak again. Guess what? Triggered Vengevine. Vengevine's back. Meanwhile, you're building up all these tokens. They're just sitting on on the board getting tapped to cast Hogak repeatedly. So even if for some reason you... You fizzle out or your opponent deals with your bridges at some point. Uh, You've got like a battlefield presence that is extremely strong or you have the option to just mill somebody out if they can't interact with your combo. So that's the gist of it. Um, There's so many different uh, synergies and interactions in the deck. You get Faithless Looting, Insulin, Neonate. Bloodgast, right like like all kinds of ways to get creatures back or creatures that just come back as you play the game naturally um and in the sideboard a lot of decks are playing Wisp and ingot Shower, which are evoke creatures which count when you cast them to uh towards vengevine when you evoke them right so like you get the cheap mana cost right. you get to destroy an enchantment or artifact uh and then you sacrifice it guess what you have a bridge now you get a token so it's like super synergistic um and
1: yeah, it needs to not exist
0: that's the format right now and it's a shame that it's overrun this like this and um you know part of me wants to say like oh just let the format adjust but the bigger part of me and i think the the part of me that's kind of really being realistic here is saying like every morning checking twitter at like 11 a.m going when are they going (laughs) to announce the emergency ban like i'm just waiting I know that the format is going to be—they're going to do something. They have to do something, and I'm just waiting every day, expecting like, okay, this modern format is temporary uh, until they decide to ban Hogak, or it doesn't even necessarily have to be Hogak. They could ban Bridge from Below. That would uh, stifle the deck pretty well. Um, but I th- and they're think,
1: probably gonna. Yeah, I feel like they're gonna wind up banning Faithless Looting while
0: they're at it. They might, but I don't. I still don't agree that faithless looting is the problem. I think that uh, I don't either. It's they might though. But, I, I see what you should yeah. But
1: or maybe alter.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like two new cards. That that's the stuff that they're, where they're going to be like, we just printed these and now we're banning them already. So I think bridge has the biggest that's, likelihood. Yeah. Because nobody plays fair with a bridge from below Like that's, It's a card that doesn't right. even make any sense Because it does nothing on the battlefield And it only works when it's in your graveyard Which is a great design And we've had it now for, you know, whatever 12 years since Fusion Sight came out um, And uh, it's it's an interesting card But right now in modern it's just causing this deck To, to just be too powerful so, uh, so bridge is the one that I expect to be banned first
1: no deck in any format should be able to do what this deck does. Right. like it's so busted. Like I have no problem with Dredge in general. You know that was an interesting match too, trying to beat Dredge with Mill. Yeah. Um. While we're on the topic, that's uh, always but,
0: interesting. It's like it's like Death Shadow versus Burn. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's so weird. It's very weird. But it's kinda fun. It, yeah.
1: But it's it's weird. Yeah. It's super weird. Um. But yeah, this this no deck should be able to do what this deck is doing. Right. Um. And I feel like ban whatever you got to ban. I don't think it matters that you ban a couple rares from your, from your new set Mm -hmm. because you're bad. You know what I mean? Like it's your fault. Like (laughs) y'all don't design decks, you know, like what, what is this? You know what I mean? Like, no, it's, it's your fault. So ban it. You know what I mean? Um, I would
0: like to see them say, Hey, okay. We're going to ban bridge from below right now. And we're watching Hogak and Alter and Faithless Looting or whatever, like be, to see how the format goes. Like, can this deck be still exist, but be mitigated, like be like uh, just more under control? Because I think it's a cool deck. It's like it's it's really neat. It's just too powerful and too explosive. But if you take away the bridge, that takes away a huge amount of its power because a lot of the combo potential comes from the fact that you're sacrificing Hogak. And you have two bridges, you get two more, and you just have basically an infinite combo to mill yourself and your opponent. Um, it's not actually infinite, but essentially enough to, to mill both decks. It's pretty much infinite. I mean, Well, like, it's infinite it's- in terms of the game. <laughs> so, right. So, um, yeah, so I think if you take the bridge away, like, let's see what happens then. Like, I feel like they could easily just say, well, we're going to emergency ban... Bridge right now and then the next band and restricted announcement we you know we are watching closely to see what happens between now and then with these decks and see if that works and i think i'd prefer something like that because they they can do that like why can't they do that <laughs> you know yeah sure. so it feels like a better way than just outright banning multiple cards although i would say i, I suspect that they that internally they may be testing exactly that to see if it works on their end but i feel like they're just going to get so much right. more data from from just watching people uh iterate on the format in mtgo they they're better off just banning something like bridge right away and, and seeing what happens um that's that's my take on that but uh in the meantime sure, i don't oh, necessarily
1: ahead. disagree with that i'm 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 for i'm for wildly banning things at all times like i don't care i think that like bans are good keep the format healthy and keep players happy you right. know don't if, if, if someone goes when, every time someone sets down their Modern deck and says, I'm not picking this up again for a while because this format sucks... Yeah, that's
0: bad. That's a <laughs> That's loss. a loss, absolutely. You know what I mean?
1: And, 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 my, and like Ryan, for instance, was already in that space with Modern, but also did buy the Hogax, to be fair. so he's. I mean, uh, so did I. You,
0: I bought the whole deck, and yeah. I'm sitting here talking about banning it. So, I mean, right. that says something. Y'all
1: are part of the problem. But, uh, but also, we're used to Wizards... N- sitting on their hands and not coming up with solutions so i can understand wanting to get in on that while the getting's good
0: well i didn't expect it to be like this i just saw it like you know what was it uh june 7th i guess or 7th or 6th or something is the is when the set was released on moto so it kind of started popping up like over that the course of those days and i bought all the cards i'm I was like in a, a 5k for pancreatic cancer in dc and i'm like online buying cards uh as i'm walking and i'm writing in our discord like this deck seems insane but i didn't expect it to be this insane uh yeah so like yeah. i bought all the cards uh you know saturday june 8th and i actually don't even have all of them in the mail yet so but i, I kind of feel like yeah i want the format to be healthy so who cares? Like I'm not worried about my personal investment into the deck uh, when I'm more Im- invested into the format as a whole. So right. um, that's more important to me. But we got into this discussion talking about how decks are fighting the the Hogak menace right now. And uh, right, you, you know, you mentioned playing Leyline main. Um, I've been playing a lot of blue white control. Surprise, surprise. Um, I know I took a little bit yeah, of a. Not I took a little bit of a a uh sabbatical to Burnland and dredge Land and amuletville and uh i still love all those decks but uh i think i'm back home at azorius uh, or azorius based control yeah. and um i've had a lot of help i want to give a shout out to uh francesco amati who runs a blue white uh competitive facebook group and we'll link it in the show notes um he is <laughs> just like he wrote a whole primer on blue white control and he's just uh I think he's one of the um teachers on spikes academy and uh he's just like a control specialist i think someone called him like the tundra guru uh so anyway i've been talking to him on twitter and reading a lot of his content and uh it's helped me a lot so if you're interested in blue white control or blue white based control like esper or jess guy or bant uh check out the facebook group we're going to link it um but yeah shout out to to francesco um and uh that's what I've been playing, and I've been playing two main deck Surgical Extractions, and then in the sideboard, three copies of Rest in Peace. So I'm not throwing all the graveyard hate into the main deck um, because it's it's a little bit – like you can't expect to face it every round, and then you've got a ton of almost dead cards main deck.
1: Have you have you played against it much in Modern? Not
0: much. So that's the, uh, the other part is like when I've played, I've been seeing other decks – that I would have hated to have Rest in Peace sitting in my hand, especially with blue-white. Like, ah. you need your cards to be, to work. Like, you you can't... They need to be live, yeah. yeah. Because that's the whole thing, is, like, the, the reason you play control is because you feel like you understand what to expect in the metagame, and you need to be prepared for every, you know, category of card, non-creatures, creatures, crazy combos, and uh, other control decks. And you can't just have a bunch of Rest in Pieces or Ley Lines in your deck game one and... Uh, sitting in your hand while you're facing humans or something and you're like oh this is great i'm just getting beat down by a billion creatures and it would be nice if these ley lines were path to exile or wrath of god or supreme verdict or whatever so um yeah i, I don't think you want to go that heavy main deck but i've i'm comfortable with two main deck surgical extractions and yes i did have them in hand sometimes and felt that way about those cards i'm like great <laughs> like what do I want a surgical extract? Nothing. This card sucks right now, but it's game one, and
1: right, it's one of those things where you got to kind of hope it becomes a thought seize, you know? Like- yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. You kind of go, okay, I want to know yeah. what's going on in your hand, so I'm just going to go ahead and extract your uh, fetch lands. Sure, maybe. there you go. Extract your fetch lands, or anything that just seems. Interesting to take And I just want to see What's in your hand What you got going on Because you haven't made a move In a few turns or something And I'm like What's happening over there I mean I did that Versus infect I was like I don't really need to Extract anything Uh, Let me see what you got Going on You know And uh, yeah So you don't want to Overload But blue-white control players Are playing Up to four copies Of Rest in Peace In the board Along with two copies Of Surgical Extraction In the main deck So you know Six copies of Graveyard Hate Across the 75 Is not crazy like it's 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 happening and it's not like people are like whoa that's a little bit much like no that's just acceptable right now right um so hogak you know let's see but by the time this episode should post later today it's wednesday uh and hopefully maybe by friday when it posts some cool stuff all of this conversation will be irrelevant because they'll have banned something (laughs) (laughs) we'll see um, so I think we should uh, move on to the next topic. Yeah. Um You want to talk about your tournament report from the, uh, the nope, MCQ? No, but I guess I got. It. I mean, you don't got. I just say it sucked and move yeah, on. Yeah,
1: I do. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I got to talk about it. So, um, so I played Gruel mid range in a um, in an MCQ. Uh, run by Common Ground Games at Southside Ballroom, where I saw Faith No More and Napalm Death a couple years ago. So I was like, "This is pretty cool that we're like doing this at like a rock club." I was like, "That's just wild," and I really appreciated that. And Common Ground Games always just puts on great events. And thank you, uh, Jameson, for having such a great event uh, this Saturday. Um, so I started out my my testing um, of the actual physical deck. Friday night at uh, at FNM, and I went zero and two, and then got the buy. And the buy literally was taunting me. He said "bye," he said "bye," go home. And I was like, okay, I get the hint. I'm going home. So I got my free pack, and I, I got a win, technically, and I was like... So I went home. Um, but I played against Mono Red both times, and I made a couple mistakes, and I knew I was going to make a bunch of mistakes Friday night. Friday night, I was ready for that. I was prepared for it. Um, I decided, let's get them out of the way now. You know what I mean? Like, like let's just see some things. So, for instance, one fun thing is that when you play uh, Nullhide Ferox, and then you have a Sarkin in hand... It cost seven, so um, don't do that. So, um, so yeah, that was dumb. But uh, like I said, I got the dumb out of the way early, so I wasn't bad. Uh, but anyway, so then I went to um, to this event on Saturday. And, uh, I went 0-3. <laughs> it was so bad. I couldn't buy a win, man. Um, I did not try, judges. I did not try to buy a win, for the record. Um, <laughs> uh, so, round one I played against Lewis, who was playing Esper mid-range. Um, I got to game three. Game three, I drew, uh, game three, I drew 11 lands. So that was fun. Um, didn't quite get there. um... Round two, I played against Ryan, who was also on Esper, and I got Lyra'd. Uh, yeah, so lyra happened, and I, 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 I made the comment, lyra Ow, my, I didn't draw a Tibalt. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know what's more fun than getting lyra in game two?
0: I don't know, mass manipulation on uh, all your guys? I don't
1: know. <laughs> Well, that, but also in the same match, getting lyra game one, playing Marcus in round three on Bant. Um, so he lyra me, and I literally, like, his last life total I wrote down was billion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) That's failure to maintain game state, I think, right there.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, I just wrote down Billion, I was just like, yeah, this whole day isn't happening. Uh, So I, 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 you know, I was O three. 3 I left. I did actually get a Modern Masters, uh, or no, it's not Modern, Modern Horizons draft in. Oh, cool. Um, And I drafted, like, a blue-red draw, too, and uh, I won the first round, lost the second round, kind of close. Round one was very close, like, I actually would have lost the next turn, but I managed to pull off just enough damage to kill um, that was fun. I never, it was the first chance I got to really try the format, and it, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it seems like a really cool uh, draft format. I probably won't get to play much of it, but for what it's worth, uh, Modern Horizons was a really fun draft format in the brief uh, time I got to draft. Right, it. right. Um, so, um, so anyway, I'm feeling so. I'm just gonna go play in this uh, in this uh, MCQ in two weeks, and I'm kind of feeling out on it at this point. Like I'm kinda discouraged. Um,
0: so do you, you feel uh, I'm just sorry, like, do you feel discouraged, you know, in yourself or you feel like you're not enjoying the format or you you know, what is it that, that you I don't feeling?
1: know. I mean I just feel like the deck that I have isn't well positioned right now. Even though it does there, you know, Gruel midrange is popping up in top eights. There's just like so much incidental life gain and there's just so much little weird little things that Esper does. Esper's just the best deck, and, like, Esper... You mean Esper
0: Control or, or Hero, or do you just mean kind of, like, both?
1: It's not really Control anymore, because no one's really playing counter spells. Right. It's kind of just all Esper mid-range, you know, but it's a really good deck. Now, I mean, there are a couple ways to attack it, but I'm just really, like, I'm really bummed out and deflated by Lyra. <laughs> Every time this card gets played against me, I'm just deflated, and I'm like, "Do I want to overcompensate for it? Like, do I really want to go there and like run like four main deck Tibalt?" And I've thought about it. I actually went and built a very ridiculous deck that I kind of like the idea of, but it sucks. (laughs) It was like a Rakdos Elder Spell deck where it's like a bunch of Planeswalkers, and then you use Elder Spell either uh, offensively. to uh, get rid of their planeswalkers, or you can even just elder spell your own planeswalkers to tick up your Liliana to its ultimate, right? Um, or or your Chandra to its ultimate. You know, like um, there, there's a couple different interesting plays that you can make with it, but overall the deck's just lacking. Yeah. Um, but for Tibalt is really where my headspace is right now. You know, and I, and I'm not sure if that's good. I don't know. I feel like. And and this is the thing. I won't walk into a tournament and pay 50 bucks to enter if I don't feel like I can walk out with it. Right. Like... And I, and, and I walked in Saturday feeling like I could do that, even after o twoing F and M. I was running so many three-ofs in the deck on Friday because I just didn't know uh-huh. and I wanted to try a bunch of different stuff. Uh-huh. You know, I kind of felt like I'd settled on something. Um, and then I showed up and just pulled off that result. I don't want to drop 50 bucks on another MCQ right. just to have the same or similar result. Even if I do kind of get to a better place, you know, with my with my list, with my strategy going into the matchups – I am not walking in with the confidence I had last Saturday. So I don't think I'm going to walk in at all. To be no, that totally honest. makes sense. I might sense. show up. I might show up down there um and like play a side or two cuz I'm off that day. Right. And like I do want to sell like a couple cards to some vendors, so I might just show up and play like a side or something, but I'm not playing the MCQ. I feel like I'll just be miserable all day. I'd rather lose like a little like a pickup eight man or something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I'd rather lose that than lose 50. Sure, bucks. sure. No, no, I totally you know, understand. You do- you do get that Arcbound Ravager, which is pretty sweet. Right,
0: so you're just buying um, that, and <laughs> that's it, yeah.
1: But I don't want to pay 50 bucks for that. I want to sell the one I right, have. Right, yeah. You know? so, so there you go. So I'm probably going to skip that. Um,
0: I guess just wait until anyway, you, just, you know, see how you feel the day before or whatever, but I understand where you're at right, right.
1: now. I, and I still have a couple F&Ms to go play at to really decide. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? Um but as of right now, I'm not feeling super confident. So what do you
0: feel um, like about Standard in general? Like just s-
1: I actually love it. That's the funny thing. is I love it. I think that Esper's a great deck. I mean, I think Teferi's very strong. Um, there are a lot of people who think it should be banned. I don't think so. I mean, like... Yeah, I don't know you know what I mean would I cry hell no I'd be happy if they banned that stupid card but I'm not calling for it you know what I right. mean like I'm not I'm not proactively calling for it but my reaction would be very positive yeah <laughs> if
0: it happened. I understand it's, it's um, weird like I mean I guess having people say this card should be banned is just like an everyday occurrence now but um... it
1: is it is I, I, so in general this is the thing this format makes me sad for mono red because mono red is a deck. I always want to be really good and mono red. And I've been actually saying this off the podcast for a couple of weeks <laughs> now, mono red can't win the big one. Like, and, and it cannot win a, a tournament in this format. Like mono red, like it's like the same thing with like Jund, but not as terrible as Jund was. Uh, but what I mean is, you're playing a, a, a deck in that format mm-hmm. uh, back with the, you know, shards block standard. Mm-hmm. Um, you're playing some fringy deck, uh, literally with fringe hanging off of it. <laughs> um, you're eventually going to get Junded. You know what I mean? You're eventually going to run into Jund. You're going to eventually hit that wall, mm-hmm. and you can't win that tournament because Jund was just such a consistently good deck. Right.
0: And that's how you feel about Esper? Or you feel I like- feel
1: like that about the format. Okay. So, like, Mono Red... Is a great deck on its own. It's a very powerful deck, but it's always going to hit that deck that just runs turn like game one Lyra or just running, you know, has triple uh, interplanar beacon out or wild growth walker into Jade Light Ranger. Like, there's so many different decks that just gain a little bit of life here, but just enough life to like shut you out, right? That you cannot win a tournament with mono red not anymore i mean like in the earlier parts of standard um when war was legal you could um but with the format where it's at now because whenever i say this ryan just sends me results of mono red winning events but that's like that's like two months ago you know or like it's like a month it was like beginning Mm -hmm. of may not happening anymore you know this format is where it's at and mono red is gone mono red is dead and mono red is even more dead with Corset 2020 coming out um because there are a lot of cards are printing that just shut this deck down
0: yeah like well decided do you want to just move into previous we should we should mention that this weekend is an, a mythic championship in this format so when mono red wins will be uh <laughs> we'll, we can you can eat your words i don't really think mono red's going to win either i pretty it, much
1: it's, it's best of three right this Oh uh, yeah i think so Monterey's okay. not going to
0: win it's interesting like we're having this Mythic Championship and, and Saffron Olive tweeted this and I completely agree like I wish the Pro Tours or Mythic Championships were like a couple weeks after release of the set again because now like when it's this long like when did the set release the end of April it's the end of June like this this right formats old already like i'm not excited to watch them i might be in the minority but i'm not excited to watch them play standard i haven't been watching standard and and maybe that's because of modern horizons making me so excited about modern but still like it's a mythic championship and i'm like i guess i'll turn it on and see what's happening but not really not excited about it
1: it, it'll definitely take the heat off of hogak for a couple days so i mean i guess maybe that's not bad i guess yeah (laughs)
0: Uh, Uh but yeah it's interesting like they used to do that and it would be kind of That was part of what made it interesting because you're like, okay, Okay, there's like maybe a maybe a Star City event uh, the week before, and we'll see what what the the grinders on the SCG tour come up with for standard for for new standard, Um, but then it's the Pro Tour, and so it's it was really like kind of an interesting situation when sets would be released, and then you'd have a Pro Tour within a couple of weeks. But now, like this is just. This is like old standard. We're talking about core set already, you know. Like we're talking about right. the next set. You're previewing the next set at the same time as you're trying to hype up people for basically a lame duck format. Like <laughs> it's kind of weird. Um, yeah. But whatever. Wizards has been doing a lot of weird stuff lately, like you know, printing Hogak. Uh, so whatever. But <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about some core 2020 previews. Um, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Yeah, so talk, talk about spoilers. Yeah, talk about the previews that are going to spoil mono reds. Uh, time and standard um, because that's what what got us into this. So let's go ahead and yeah, y- you want to tell you want to talk about those cards that you're particularly upset to see.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm not upset for my own deck because I already quit on this deck. Like I already knew, I already saw the writing on the wall and knew that this deck was dead. Um, like weeks ago. So I moved on to like Gruel mid range. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's start with the first two cards uh the first one is devout decree which isn't great but like we really needed another way for them to deal like like oh well you know esper's having a lot of trouble against uh against mono red let's go ahead and give them away to exile chandra without it dealing any damage that seems like a good what is idea.
0: devout decree
1: Devout Decree is a crappier Celestial Purge. It's a white and one. It's an uncommon. It's a sorcery. Exile target creature or planeswalker that's black or red. Scry one. So, so they get a way to deal with the Rekindling Phoenix, which you shouldn't be running against Esper anyway. They get to deal with your um,
0: Chandra, you know, like you mentioned. With
1: your Chandra. At least it doesn't hit Frenzy, but, you know, given how bad they're hosing mono red i wouldn't be surprised um and then we've got aether gust which is a one and a blue it's an uncommon it's an instant choose target spell or permanent that's red or green its owner puts it on the top or bottom of their library owner's choice
0: yeah um, it doesn't say that on the card but to clarify it owner's choice.
1: <laughs> but it probably should have given all the confusion when they first were reading this card um so that's, I mean, that's really good. Um,
0: yeah, it's a nice, because, nice flash again, freeze uh, kind of flash freeze variant, and flash freeze saw a lot of play back in the Jun days, and and you know <laughs> across formats actually, flash freeze has been playable as a sideboard card, and so uh, flash or, freeze being or
1: memory lapse,
0: right? This is like a flash freeze slash memory lapse kind of thing. Uh, although the right. the controller of the spell or the owner of the spell, I'm sorry, actually gets to choose whether it's memory lapse or just going on the bottom. But uh, but yeah, right. uh, certainly a, a great sideboard card.
1: So, so, there for starters. Mm-hmm. And then we have a Leyline of Sanctity reprint. <laughs> so, uh, white, white, and two. Uh, you all know this card. If it was in your opening hand, you may begin the game within the battlefield. You have Hexproof, which, you know, at least red has ways to deal with enchantments. Um, rule of Law, a white and two. Each player can't cast more than one spell each turn hooray Um, it's
0: hosing arclight phoenix
1: (laughs) well the good news is gruel midrange you still have a chance against gruel midrange as mono red until pulse of marasa reprint a green and two instant return target creature or land card from a graveyard to its owner's hand you gain six life so (laughs) that's great And that's fun. Um, Can I go on? A Johnny, what did did I name him on the notes? A Johnny, never play mono red again. A Johnny, strength of the pride. Two white and two. It's a mythic rare. It's five loyalty to start. Plus one, you gain life equal to the number of creatures you control. Wow. Oh, plus the number of planeswalkers you control. (laughs) Well, okay. Minus two, literally create Najani's Pride Mint. Um my uh so then and then the zero ability if you have at least 15 life more than your starting life total not unlikely in this format exile ajani strength of the pride and each artifact and creature your opponent's control so yay mono red is good oh also <laughs> while we're on the subject let's talk about Yarok because you know Sultai if it had trouble doing one thing it was getting multiple triggers from Wild Growth Walker well worry no more because for only 5 mana 2 black, blue, green you get a 3-5 which is out of Lava Coil range that has Death Touch and why the hell not lifelink! Link <laughs> if a permanent Entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger. That ability triggers an additional time. If I'm not mistaken, that means four triggers off of a jade light
0: ranger. (laughs) Um,
1: So... Do you need any other reasons, Joey? Do we need to go any further with this? I
0: mean, I think you, I kind of feel like you should just drop the mic and we end the episode right there. But I, I have some things to say about other cards, <laughs> but my goodness, that was great. <laughs> I'm going to go throw away all of my mountains. Um. I'm,
1: like, literally going to go sell my risk factors. I'm, like, Narset was already bad enough. Like, Narset's, like, okay, <laughs> draw three cards, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was already thinking about, like, this card isn't good anymore when they printed Narset. But this... All of this?
0: Well, I guess the next step is it has to all see play. I guess the part of that that, you know, has to be said is that if Mono Red is at all good, that all will see play, and then Mono Red won't be good. So, yeah, just being in the format, uh, available in the format, it's going to suppress Mono Red. What's up, Joe?
1: There's a card called Soarin' Imperious Bloodlord. Do you know what it does? (laughs) Uh,
0: I do, but I would like you to remind me.
1: Okay, it's a black and two. It's four loyalty. A plus one. Target creature you control gains death touch and... Life link until end of turn. If it's a vampire, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. You can also plus one. Uh, it's another a plus ability. You may sacrifice a vampire. When you do, it deals three damage to a target and... You gain three life. Life gain and... Guess what card is too powerful for standard? That's right, Rampaging Ferrosodon. Way too powerful because we don't have any life gain abilities in the format. Oh, they should just rep-
0: they would have been it would be great if we just got a reprint of Rampaging Ferrosodon <laughs> like in Corset. Right? Like they thought it was it was good to keep around for longer but then banned it but they had already printed it or like you know assigned it to corset 2020 I, I don't know that's very unlikely but i'm be just pretty waiting hilarious. for a
1: heroic reinforcements reprint dude i was like just come on yeah, or, or timely it's reinforcements over
0: you mean timely that yeah one. that one
1: timely reinforcements yeah, yeah.
0: Oh my god! Uh, yeah, that's it's pretty crazy. So that's Soren. People are already brewing with it on Twitter. It was just announced like a little while before we recorded, and uh, yeah, people are already like turn one, Legions Landing, turn two, Adanto Vanguard, turn three, Soren, give it Death Touch, Life Link, or you know, uh, I guess you could sacrifice like the the Legions Landing vampire to Helix something. Uh, oh, you didn't even mention the other the last ability. I don't think to put a vampire into play or. Like
1: from, oh, from your hand. Oh, that's right. And you know that was the only note I had on this card. All caps. <laughs> Finally, a way to cheat Baron Sengir into
0: play. There you go. So what is it? It's, it's minus. Uh,
1: minus three. You may put a vampire creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. Okay,
0: but he starts with four loyalty. So you could immediately do that if you, if there's a vampire that's actually worth doing, uh, you know, putting into play and leaving yourself with like a one loyalty planeswalker on the battlefield, which I don't think is that crazy.
1: But honestly, I don't even think I care about this in a dedicated Vampires deck. Um, I kind of just want to plus one this on Rotting Regisaur.
0: (laughs) What's Rotting Regisaur?
1: (laughs) Rotting Regisaur! Glad you asked. Joey is a big freaking creature. It's a black and two. Uh, It is a 7-6 zombie dinosaur. It's a rare. Yes, I said a black and two for a 7-6 at the beginning of your upkeep, discard a card. It doesn't say if you can't sacrifice it. It just says discard a card.
0: Bridge from below, that seems pushed.
1: Yeah, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, that is ridiculous. I mean, that card, that's absolutely like a contender for modern. Um, Discard a card in modern is like something you pay for, you know? Like, I want to discard a card.
1: I feel like a lot of people are like, I think about this this deck for a number of different things. Dinosaurs. They're really trying to push dinosaurs here. Yes, they are. Um,
0: Which is not a good idea. uh, If I saw a dinosaur, I would not want to push it. It's probably a bad bad thing.
1: Just terrible. Um, But I like this in the Jund uh, Dreadhorde deck. I like this with Thud. I like this with Dreadhorde Arcanist. I like this with Collision Colossus. Um... Because, yeah. Yeah, I mean... I mean, you can dis- you can discard something that you want to cast with Arcanist later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, discarding isn't necessarily a drawback there. And it's a freaking 7-6. Like, a lot of times you have a thud, and then you have, like, a Dreadhorde Butcher. And, like, no pump spells, and you're like, well, this doesn't really do much. You right. know what I mean? Like, or even, like, Gruul Spellbreaker, which is the biggest creature in the deck, at max is going to be 4 damage. For 4 four mana. Right. This is seven damage for four mana. In late games, sometimes that's all you need. You're like, damn it, I'm holding this thud. I drew two thuds. I only have one good target for it. I need to do the rest of the damage. You know, Then you can play Rotting Regisaur and just finish them off. Um, that's where I like this card for myself.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, that definitely seems like it's a, a possibility. I, I would feel like I'd feel more comfortable if you had more ways to mitigate the downs, you know, up and... Er, Un- "Quote unquote" downside of discarding a card because yeah, just throwing something into the graveyard for uh, for Arcanist is one way to do it, but that's really all you have. So um, you play, I don't know, maybe play Ren and Six and just keep discarding lands and getting them back. You know? you can't do that; <laughs> not standardly. Uh, uh, that's the first thing I could think of, like off the top of my head. But uh, but just some kind of way to that y- you can be doing other powerful things, and right. the discard is almost like a good thing or something that doesn't matter to you at all um, and right. yeah discarding a pump spell is kind of like well yeah but it would have been good to cast that pump spell too and then play it from the graveyard like so
1: well it's true but i'm saying worst case scenario but more than likely you're just going to be discarding lands to this sure 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 it doesn't say discard a non land card you know right. or if you like again if you played out your hand there's nothing it's to just- discard yeah. Not a drawback It's just a 7-6 Yeah absolutely um, I want to talk about One more card while we're, while we're on the topic And then I'll let you Talk about a couple cards Because okay. I've kind of Went on a bit of a roll here um, Marauding Raptor This is really interesting Because it looks like A couple months left In standard They're trying to make Dinosaurs a thing Yeah What the hell So uh, this is a 2-3 For a red and 1 um, It's creature dinosaur It's a rare Creature spells you cast Not just dinosaurs But creature spells you cast Cost one less to cast Already pretty damn good Now here's the fun thing Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Marauding Raptor deals two damage to it. If a dinosaur is dealt damage this way, Marauding Raptor gets plus two, plus oh until end of turn. So, play this on turn two, play Ripjaw Raptor on turn three, value town, right, for one. Ryan made the point that why even go that big? Marauding Raptor turn two, Raptor Hatchling for one red turn three, You've got a 3-3 three, three token, and you're swinging for six.
0: Yeah, that seems good.
1: Um, and, and if you have multiple Raptor Hatchlings in your hand, you can really go to town, right? Right, right. But the fun thing I want to talk about is this card with PolyRaptor. Right. <laughs> Which is a pipe dream, because Raptor costs eight, now seven, thanks to Marauding Raptor. Right. Um, but... Uh, Polyraptor has enrage. Whenever it's dealt damage, create a copy of Polyraptor.
0: And it's a, uh, um, what is it, a 6? I forgot what the power toughness is.
1: It's, I think, a 5-5. Five, five. Five.
0: Okay, that's right, that's right. So this is
1: literally an infinite combo unless you have a way to kill your Marauding Raptor. So you need a sack outlet in play. You need some way to get rid of your own Marauding Raptor. Um... A thud seems like a good option but again it's another mana you got to spend right um you would rather have something on the battlefield that can deal with it but otherwise the game's going to end in a draw <laughs>
0: right so because it just literally just can't stop it's just constantly dealing damage making a copy coming into play dealing damage making a copy like it's just you, there's no there's no end to it it's and, not and, a
1: may yeah, yeah. You, you gotta do it you gotta eventually like cheat to stop it yeah which you don't want to do i'm saying you gotta miss your trigger on purpose which is cheating right right um <laughs> So, no, so like you need a way to kill it. Um, and then you have unlimited Polyraptors, which is kind of neat. Never going to really happen in standard, well, you, but we've said that about a lot of things that You also have a massive marauding raptor. <laughs> that's true. Like I said, Thud would be fun. Um, but yeah, so so that's that with those cards. Oh, uh, with the ley lines, mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention they reprinted Ley Line of Anticipation. Um, they reprinted Leyline of the Void, so apologies to everyone who paid full price for those last, in the last week and a half. Leyline of Combustion is not Leyline of Punishment, which makes me a little sad because I want multiple ways for red to not be able to gain life other than a Tibalt you never draw. Um, Leyline of Combustion is two red and two. It's an enchantment works like a ley line whenever you and or at least one permanent you control becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls ley line of combustion deals two damage to that player so it's pretty cool it's not ley line of punishment could have some play. I don't know. Joey, talk to me about some cards. Uh,
0: really, I only wrote down one card. Well, I had a couple in mind, but you already mentioned them. So um, so I've just got one left to talk about before we wrap up the episode. Um,
1: so tell us what Moo Yangling Sky Dancer So give does. me
0: – let me present it the way I had written down. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: we, can, we can cut that. We can cut that. I'm sorry. Okay. Right. Go ahead.
0: Woo, manling. Have y'all seen Moo Yangling? Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the f- worst thing I've ever written down in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, <sighs> well,
1: I mean, it was Father's Day. That's so, true. I mean, it was like I had dad to- jokes. You know, we can't avoid them. So yeah.
0: So okay. Wow. Um, I should just bleep the entire sentence. <laughs>
1: I'm just going to dance around this one. Um
0: so so geez. so Mu Yanling I I assume that's how you uh sure. you pronounce it. Um I mean it tells you right there what deck it goes into. MU Mono Blue, right? Like it's a yeah. it is a, a Mu, Mu Yanling Sky Dancer, uh Plains for blue blue one. It's a mythic rare. Uh it has two starting loyalty. The plus 2 is uh now it's not right in front of me, so I'm I wrote down like notes. So plus 2 is give a target creature gets minus two minus zero until your next turn and loses flying or and loses yep. flying until your next turn. Uh, yep. the minus three is create a four, four flying bird elemental token. Yep. Uh, yep. and the minus eight is you get an emblem with islands. You control, get tap, draw a card. So this is, uh, I don't know. I'm excited about this for kind of obvious reasons. Um, I think the big thing is, that I want to point out is how deceptively good that shrink ability is. The, the plus two, um, giving, giving a creature minus two, minus zero and losing flying until your next turn. Like that, it looks bad because shrink is a card that you don't really play. Right. Like it's, it's kind of, it's like maybe limited, right? Like if it has like draw a card on it or something also, you know? Um, but getting it every turn means that your opponent has to have four power worth of creatures on the board and attack, uh, the Mu Yanling, every turn just to stay at parity because they have four power you minus two one uh one of the creatures and they attack with uh you know two power worth of creatures to knock the two loyalty that you just put on the planeswalker back off of the planeswalker so it's like just to stay at parity they need four power worth of creatures on board and if my opponent is has four powers worth of creature on the board and they're attacking every turn just to do that like go ahead do it every turn (laughs) like that's totally fine by me uh, if you're just trying to keep this this card from putting a 4-4 into play, like, that's fine. Like, that's that's great for me. So I just feel like that ability, um, if you recall, it was similar, there was a similar ability on Jace Telepath Unbound, which is the flipped side of Jace Vryn's, pro- uh, yeah, the flipped side of Jace Vryn's Prodigy. So um, that card saw a lot of standard play, and that was uh, that was where I kind of realized how good that ability would be, because when I first saw it, I was like, whatever, you're shrinking a creature. You're not killing it. You're just making it a little weaker. It's kind of like not that great. But when I played with it, I'm like, wow, this is fantastic. So, yeah. or it's at least, at least fantastic compared to what I expected it to be. So, um, and then, yeah, you, you plus it and it sticks around and you get it up to four loyalty and you can create a four, four flyer for basically for free. Right. Like because you didn't pay any mana for it, the turn you're doing that. Uh, that now protects the planeswalker. Like I don't know, this just seems like a great, great planeswalker to play with. And uh, I mean, I'm I want to play it. I kind of want to play it in modern. Like I don't know if it's yeah. modern playable, but I'm like, wow, a three mana planeswalker uh, feels like it should at least be explored as a, as an option in modern. So uh,
1: right, and that ultimate's incredible. I mean, obviously ultimates are usually pretty good, right? Um, but getting that emblem just seems really great, and doesn't seem that hard to do. Um, that's where I'm at. I mean, like, you know, you've got to fair, I mean, like, if you're playing against another control deck, you're probably not going to get there, but like playing against an aggro deck, you could get there. Um, I actually kind of like this with blue white. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I jokingly said mono blue, but because of the well, islands sure. thing, but I mean, hallowed fountains an island too. So
1: it and is so is Steam events and and, 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 you know, not being able to tap all of your lands to draw a card every turn. You know that's not necessarily a drawback, you know. Like you just might have get to draw three cards for three mana right. every turn. Um, but I like this with the uh, with the planeswalker that makes the O three walls.
0: <laughs> oh, what is it? Uh, uh, the Shield Mage. What is it? Tetsuo Teo, Teo Te- Shield Mage. Te- yeah. yeah. Uh, so you can
1: just my, you can just Teo make a wall and then minus two minus O oh, something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're stopping up to like. Um, you know, a four power creature entirely, right. You know, um, or shutting off an entire creature and then blocking another creature every turn. Yeah. Just being able to get there.
0: I mean, that just feels to me like, uh, like just by itself and being able to just plus two every turn just to kind of, just for a couple of turns while you sort of sit there and use your other resources to deal with whatever else they're doing. It just feels like eventually you're going to get there, uh, unless they find some kind of, Uh, removal for the planeswalker like elder spell or something which of course then you have to have a counter spell ready or something like that but it just feels like it's a must answer because if it sticks around it's gonna just keep shrinking whatever creature makes the most sense to shrink and you're gonna just have to uh you're gonna eventually see them drawing cards off every island that they control whenever they want so
1: Right. I love it. Or just adding, or when they have the control of the board, not even caring about that, just minus three, (laughs) minus three, minus three. Oh, yeah. It's a win condition like that
0: by itself. Yeah. I'm not even thinking about it. I'm completely skipping over the fact that it makes a 4 4 flyer every turn. Like, that's insane. Right. Right. So, yeah. Love that card.
1: It's a really good card. I mean, I, I get why it has two loyalty because if it started at four or something, even if it was a plus one. That would be ridiculous. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like being able to start with a four four and then start ticking up and protecting your uh, your planeswalker would be really ridiculous. Okay, that time I heard the helicopter, <laughs> Joey. But uh, but all the other times were fine. It was background; it doesn't matter. Right on. So anyway, so yeah, this card is this card is great. Um, this is this is a really nice planeswalker. Yeah, so far it's my favorite um,
0: card in the set. Uh, but we haven't really seen. A whole lot I feel like we've seen More than I expected To see though At this point It's Wednesday Way
1: more than I expected Where are the lands Joey
0: That's a good point What are we going to get For rare uh, Rare lands That's interesting
1: Where are our lands I want to know I want to know What we're getting Yeah I'm like Eager to know What our mana bases Are going to look like Here you know
0: And it seems like There are a lot of cards That are like uh, Have like a heavy Monocolor requirement Or um, Kind of Seem to Encourage more than uh, kind of like i guess not going to more than one or two colors like the cavalier cycle um we don't need to read them but they cost like three of whatever color or three or four i think it's three um but yeah like it just seems like there are a lot of cards that seem to encourage that and i'm starting to wonder if you know what how are they going to sort of uh go into the next part of the format with the fall set is that going to somehow encourage Monocolor. I mean, there's we have some multicolor cards too, so it's not like we don't have any. Uh, you already mentioned the Saltai one, but uh, it just seems like okay, we've had this multicolor format now for a while. Maybe we're gonna, the pendulum's going to kind of swing back to encouraging people to play less than three colors in their deck. And I kind of by that sort of uh, logic, maybe we don't get rare dual lands, but I, That would be. I, I don't want that to happen. I kind of feel like that's unlikely. Um, but maybe we don't get rare dual lands in the fall set or something like that. Um, I mean, it's not like we need a rare dual land right now. Nothing's rotating out. We have like perfect mana right now. So it's kind of like, maybe they don't need to put the,
1: no, um, the, the, uh, what did he call it? What are they called? What, what's the, the term du jour for the lands that come into play untapped if you control a, Czech lands? yes, lands.
0: You mean like Glacial Fortress and stuff like the Right. I right. always call them I'll the have a core call on duels, you, please. Because there is it.
1: Check is it C Z E C H?
0: Yes, exactly. Yes, it's Czech lands because they originated in uh, Eastern Europe.
1: Yes. Europe. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, maybe they don't. Maybe, they, maybe you're right, Joey. Uh, but those rotate, is what I'm saying.
0: Oh, they'll rotate in the fall. But I'm saying, like in if, the fall, in the in the core set, maybe they don't put the rare duels in the core set. And they just put them into the false set. So, you know, we're going to lose the check lands and then we get new lands to replace them in the false set. So that, that's my, that
1: opinion. sounds about right. I, I feel like that could happen. Right. Or cause... if the
0: fall set is pushing like monocolor, then they put the core duels into the core set and, or they put, you know, new check lands or some, the replacement into the core or set. Or they just
1: reprint, which we talked about this yeah. a couple, like, briefly a couple episodes ago. Um, the feel bad of them reprinting those lands. Yeah. And then opening maybe them all just, packs, they, yeah. Maybe people just don't open those packs enough that the, you know, the risk would be minimal. Right. Um, I don't know. Um, but yeah, but we haven't, we don't have an answer yet.
0: Yeah. So we might find, find out, unnerving. you know, in just a couple of hours while I'm editing this show. So uh, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> we'll That's see how that usually works. Um, so um, so uh, I guess but, we should, should wrap it up at this yeah. point. Um, yeah. We of course, Now, every episode, we like to give a shout-out to another podcast, so uh, you lovely folks have some other shows to listen to while you're waiting for our next episode. Um, So this week in our Interplanar Beacon segment, which we don't have a song for.
1: uh, (laughs) Interplanar Beacon, Interplanar Beacon, yeah!
0: I forgot, we did have a theme song for it. Uh, so shout out to Modern Medical. They are uh, they're a modern podcast. They were formerly known as the Card Knock Life podcast, but since they focused on modern so much, they recently changed their name. So uh, the hosts, uh, Corey and Daryl, discuss modern every week. And uh, it's a great, great show. And I've actually been pretty impressed with a lot of the content on cardknocklife.com. Um, that's actually where Francesco Amati writes. And um, so I've been reading a lot of their their stuff lately and uh, so check that out we'll link that in the show notes shout out to Corey and Daryl and Modern Medical podcast that will be linked as well so
1: yeah I, I, I listened to the uh, to their latest episode I really enjoyed it I thought it was really good um, I gotta say I, I don't think they should have changed the name I like Card Knock Life I think it's a good pun quality puns I'm a big fan of quality puns and, I, and I'm but I'm honestly just curious if it helped their numbers at all you know what I mean like sure my theory is it wouldn't make that much of a difference, to be honest. Like, if I, I feel like if we changed our name to kind of be more uh, in line with what our show is about, like, uh, so I just kind of trying to keep in line with not having to change our logo again, uh, we could change the podcast to You Must Top Dick, Good Tiger, um, <laughs> or we could. Um, change the podcast name to "Young Men Talking Good" (parentheses) but terrible (parentheses) at magic. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think those those name changes are are what we're looking for. But you know, I have to think about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but no, the show kicks ass, and y'all should check it out for sure. Uh, it's a really good show. If you like modern, um, they do a good job of. Uh, really breaking down what's going on in modern now and what you should do about it. Yeah, so check them out.
0: Yeah, so uh, I guess you want to you want to wrap things up. Give us a uh, shout out to our patrons.
1: Yeah, um, everybody who's supporting us on Patreon, y'all are the real MVPs. <laughs> and um, those of you who aren't, um, you're still awesome. But you should support us on Patreon because it's cool. And you should be on our discord cause we love discord and we love talking to you on discord. Ryan sign up for the Patreon. You jerk.
0: But thank you for um, the, uh, for the theme song. For, but the theme for song friends. is great.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a wash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, the discord has been fun. I'm having a lot of fun talking in it. And, um, and y'all should get in on that conversation. Yeah, and, for sure. Uh,
0: and uh, shout out to our sponsors, Cool Stuff, Inc., and uh, So No doubt. Until No doubt is not sponsoring this show. They have nothing to do with this show.
1: I'll contact their reps. Got it.
0: So until next time, we're Yo! MTG Taps.
1: Make them have it. We are.